Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm so excited to be here with you today and I appreciate you tuning in because we have truly discussed so, so much on this podcast, especially in recent weeks with parts one through five in our study of fearing the Lord and what that truly means. Amen. So today, it is going to be a review of the many weeks that we have discussed this. Uh, We are going to touch upon faith a little bit towards the end here, but I first want to offer you an encouragement. You know, today, we're living in times where we need to be relational and not religious because you and I, we know the Bible. We know that the Pharisees were very religious. They went to church more than many other people go to church today. They went to church more than people attend church today, and they paid their tithes. People don't pay their tithes today, but they were religious. They were religious, and Jesus himself said that they were wicked. Amen. Today, it's about having relationships. How can you disciple somebody unless you have a relationship? But above all, God's not after somebody who's religious. He's after somebody who wants to develop and grow in their relationship with him. Amen. The Bible says to store up treasure for yourself in heaven. I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 21 and it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do we learn from here? Whatever we love, that's what's in our heart. Whatever we're doing, we love it, and that's what's in our heart. So whatever we love and whatever we're focusing on, that's where our heart is. So if we're focusing on God, that's pleasing to Him. Amen? Because our heart is with God. So if you have God and you fear Him, you are storing up real treasure that will last for eternity. Amen? Because everything on this earth is going to be destroyed. We are taking nothing up out of here. When we die and our soul leaves our body, it's going to go to one of two places and we bring nothing that we have here. It doesn't matter how much money, how much investments we have, it doesn't matter. It's just us in the condition of our heart. And there's truly so much to look forward to. When you have God and you fear him, there is nothing, nothing on this earth that we can look forward to more than how we can look forward to how wonderful It's going to be to spend eternity with Christ. Amen? What we have to look forward to is not in this life on earth, but after. When we die, again, this life ends and another begins. And that life never ends. So those who are a part of his kingdom, they shine more and more. We light up the darkness in this world. Amen? So that's an encouragement to you. You light up the darkness in this world. You be a light. You be an ambassador of Christ. Amen? We have been learning so much about fear. So, so much. And not just surface level teachings, but deep teachings. 
We've been going deep into fear and what it means and uncovering the problem in this world. And the problem is that fear has been sugarcoated. The world teaches fear as only respect and reverence. They magnify the reverence and they've removed the danger to fully absorb the meaning of fear. So because danger has been removed, many are not absorbing the true meaning of fear as God intended. Now, there is fear mentioned in the Bible. That means only reverence and respect. That is a meaning of the word fear. However, when you're looking at what God means when he says to fear him, he doesn't want us to be in awe of his beauty. He wants us to fear him for he has the authority to cast our souls into hell. That's what I mean. And that's what we've been talking about when we say that danger has been set aside from the equation. You cannot understand God's authority unless you understand the danger. So the danger will put it in perspective. But when you realize that God is the one who holds that authority, right? That is fear. Amen. Remember Anias and Sapphira, we talked about them recently. This is the teaching of fear that includes danger. Remember, they lied. They lied to the Lord. They, they held back some of the prophets for themselves, and both of them lied, and both of them died. And fear spread among the people, right? That's in the church of Acts. We also talked about the Grand Canyon, a really simple example to illustrate fear. You know, when you get to the Grand Canyon, Many say, wow, look how beautiful that is. Whoa. Or, God, you're so awesome. Look what you created. Wow, God, I'm in awe of you. Look what you did. But true fear is when you look down at the Grand Canyon. Whoa, that is danger. The very thing in front of you, yes, while it may be beautiful and magnificent, it can kill you. That is danger, and you can't sugarcoat that. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but you must be consistent. We cannot fear him today and not tomorrow, right? We must continue in fear every single day because once we fear truly, once it's a true fear, a true godly fear, it is just the beginning. That's what the word of God says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So once you fear, it's just the beginning. There is so much more after that. Amen. You also can't love God without fear. To fear God you must have a relationship with God, right? As I mentioned earlier in the encouragement, we're living in a time where we cannot be religious. We must be relational. We must have a relationship with God. God is looking for the one who is seeking to please him. Amen. You know, it's like having two sons. We'll call them son one and son two. Son one brings you coffee, but it's not up to your standard that you've shared before. Here's my standard. Here's how I like my coffee. But instead, someone brings you coffee that's cold. It's too sweet. There's no cream how you like it. Right? The quality of that is off. However, in Sun 2, he brings you hot coffee. It's at the perfect temperature that you like it. It has just a half teaspoon of sugar in it. It has the right amount of cream. It's the perfect caramel color that you were expecting. And they even put it in your favorite mug. Amen. So which sun do you prefer? Obviously sun too. Likewise, we ought to go above and beyond to please God whom we should fear. We want to please him. Amen. Church today has taught a different Jesus, but they use the same cross. So many are being deceived and many are being misled. And due to this, many cannot take the teachings of Jesus seriously. 
Why? Because they don't have fear, because they don't understand fear. Amen. Wisdom comes when you fear the Lord. So the church today does not have wisdom. There are many today fooling themselves into thinking they are operating in wisdom when they are just operating in a man-made agenda. Amen. Because it's fear that makes you constantly believe in him, in God, in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when we constantly believe in him, we love him. We love him. And not just on Sundays, every day. When we have full confidence in him, we will have the presence of godly fear. You cannot have one without the other. Amen. Today, we are not the church in the book of Acts. We are not the church that Ananias and Sapphira once attended. Church today has no fear. People live and no one dies, unlike Ananias and Sapphira. Could you imagine the funeral business today if you lied and you died in that moment? The church is in trouble today. We can also say the reverse. So the absence of fear is the presence of self-confidence. So if you don't fear, then you only have self-confidence. So what do I mean by self-confidence? I'm talking about the confidence that says, I am so sure I'm going to heaven. Well, how are you so sure? Well, many people have told me, many pastors have told me that I'm saved. I'm a daughter of Zion. I'm going. It doesn't matter what kind of praise or criticism you get, good or bad. You must be the one to work out your own salvation like Paul taught. Amen? You and I should be fearing the possibility of losing God's recognition. When you fear losing his recognition, you can understand the fear of God is present. There's no degree that you can have, no TV show experience. If you are a TV show host, if you're on TV and people want your autograph, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have a certificate or any other title. It does not matter because all of that comes from man. It comes from recognition on earth. But we want God's recognition because what God says matters. Nothing else matters. Do you remember we talked about the foolish and the wise virgins? All 10 virgins had equal work to do, but half didn't prepare, which resulted in God not providing his recognition for them. The foolish virgins were confident in themselves. They thought, oh, I have time to prepare, thinking that the Lord is going to wait on them to be prepared, but it's opposite, right? They were lacking constant fear. They were not living like that. They took a break and that cost them their recognition from the only one that they were seeking to see. They did not fear with trembling. And remember trembling, we've talked about that before. When you boil it down and you look it up in your concordance and you really research what trembling means, it means earthquake, right? Shaking. It is really sad today because many preach God is a friend of theirs, but they hide danger. Many today are going to expect revival without fear, but the revival is not going to come to them. Again, why? Because they don't fear the Lord. They don't understand the danger. This way of thinking is how witches operate. And now we've talked about witches and demons on this podcast before. It's normal to understand them. It's normal to have knowledge on this. Satan is our enemy, right? He's our adversary. And this satanic power, it deceives so many, even through the word of God. So sorcerers can force and manipulate something to happen, amen? So a person can be capable of getting the job done, but through witchcraft, it's actually not them doing that. It's demons that come in them and around them that are doing it. 
not God. Now, God is righteous. The power of God is not a controlling power. It's a power of love. Amen? It's a power of love. It's Satan who wants you to believe that you can live however way you want without fear and that you're still going to be revived. What a lie. You are missing the power of God in your life. You are missing the power of love. And scripture tells us by the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death. You put to death the deeds of the flesh. Let's read that. That's in Romans chapter 8, 13. And it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Who puts to death? You do. There is no godly power coming upon you to force that. But it will be you who needs to move forward in that. Again, unlike demonic power, unlike Satan's power, demons will force you. Demons can overcome you against your will. Amen? They will do that. But God is a power of love. Most of the teachings coming out of the church today are going to lead those who hear it to the wide gates. What do I mean by that? I'm referencing scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. So again, God will revive those who fear him truly, but it's up to us to divide the word correctly. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says, Do not fear the one who can kill the body. Remember, we talked about this. The Bible says, and do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. So we're not to fear man, right? And typically when we think of traveling this world, we think of how dangerous some nations are because of the people in those nations. So if God calls you to a place, will you not go? Or will you say, isn't that place so dangerous? I don't know about that. Jesus said, fear him instead. Aren't you more afraid of him and displeasing him by not going? Because he is the one who can destroy both the body and soul? So to stress my point, the fear is not the danger of the place, but saying no to the one who can bring the danger into your life. Amen. Recently, my pastor shared this example, and I want to share it with you today. They traveled to Argentina, and there was a village which they referred to as the crime village. It was referred to as the crime village because many that lived there committed crimes. They committed murders. They pickpocketed you. They would assault you, right? And during the day, they would all go out on the streets in the city, leaving their children behind. So the village was filled with children, but not their parents. So whenever my pastor was visiting there and there was a group of people, they were given very clear instructions. You need to get out of this city by 6 p.m. because the sun's going to come down. It's going to get dark and they would potentially put themselves at risk. So again, it's not wrong to plan or to be wise because that's wisdom, but they planned to leave at 6 anyway. So they were going to do the work during the day. Well, something happened. They were waiting for the bus and this woman, a very old woman, was walking by she heard what they were doing, and in Spanish, she asked them, will you please come to my house and pray for my husband? He cannot walk. The sun was coming down. Here's an opportunity, and my pastor looked at another gentleman that was with him, and they agreed to go pray. Amen? They weighed the risk. They weighed the consequences, and it was worse to say no 
to the Lord. So they went and they prayed. Thank the Lord, nothing happened. They did go back safely. They were picked up, not by the bus, but by a car later on, and they were able to exit the city without any issues. But that's a solid example of how we ought to be whenever we are faced in that sort of situation. Amen? I even recently heard a testimony of a family who had their own booming business. They had their own fashion business. Amen. And it started to grow. And then they didn't have one shop, but then they had two shops. And they had so much work that they weren't even able to attend church. And into their life came somebody who had a similar business that was successful. And out of nowhere, the wife got sick. So sick, she needed to have dialysis. And they were spending roughly $1,000 a month for her to be well. So pouring money from their business into this. So not only was she sick, but they were losing money. And praise the Lord, because the other family, who also had a booming business, took this as a warning. So they closed one of their stores, which freed them on Sundays, and to praise and worship the Lord, and to be present with Him, to continue to build that relationship with Him. Amen? Why? Because they are afraid of what the Lord can do. The Lord can bring the danger into your life. Amen? I even recently had a questionable situation and a friend of mine, a childhood friend, I would say, her mother has always been sick. She's always had a disease called MS. It really affects the muscles and the bones. Um, And I haven't seen her for many years, but she's been on my heart. The mother has been on my heart for, I want to say, the last year. And all of a sudden, my, my old friend reached out out of nowhere, and she invited me to her baby shower. And I couldn't make it, unfortunately. And I was so upset because I wanted to see her mom. I wanted to hug her mom. And that was in my heart. And then she reached out to me to let me know her mom was in hospice. Again, out of the blue. So hospice is typically when somebody might be near the end of their life. So they try to make them very comfortable. Um, So I was given that news. And in my heart, it was just overflowing with a desire to go see her. And I remembered Philippians 2, where it says that God is the one that will work in us to will and do the things that he wants us to do. Amen. So I realized, oh, this is the Lord wants me to go see her. And at first I didn't go because I was thinking, what if my friend doesn't want me to go? Uh, I want to spread the gospel. Uh, What if she doesn't want that? I was trying to be sensitive of her and her mother. And then it just dawned on me. It was like, you know what? Clearly God wants me to go. So I'm going. I'm going. And I did that because I fear the Lord. I don't want to miss my opportunity. He had been working in my heart for a year to do this. And here was the moment. Was I going to miss it? No, no. And I had a very successful meeting with her mother who uh, passed a week later. Today, many fear losing their job instead, but they don't fear the one who's Jesus. They don't fear the one who gave them the job in the first place. So again, further stressing, don't fear the one who can affect you physically, but fear him. Fear Jesus. And just for the sake of revisiting that scripture, Paul is saying in Philippians 2, chapter 12, he tells us that we are light bearers. Amen? Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen. So not for our pleasure. It's for his pleasure. That's how we work out our own salvation. We want him to be pleased with us. Amen. 
And this verse doesn't mean do works. Yes, you serve him with all your heart, mind, and soul. And when you're doing that, you will have fruits and evidence to show how you fear the Lord. But this does not mean to do good works. In other words, it doesn't mean you can just be a good person. You cannot just be a good person and expect to go to heaven. So it doesn't matter how many homeless we feed. It doesn't matter. Again, I'm not saying that's bad to do that. It's good to do that. But you cannot just do good deeds and say you are a good person. Paul said to work out our own salvation, meaning it's individual. You know, some people are scared to die. When they think of how they might potentially die, they are overcome with fear. Amen? Or maybe they've heard how other people have died and it brings on the fear. But what we must know is that we live on in heaven or hell with emphasis that hell is real. When we evangelize others, we need to share that with them. They need to understand the danger that can come upon their life because we all die. But we will be tormented in hell unless we fear the Lord. Me personally, I'm not ashamed to share this. We all are someone with a past before we come to the Lord. I knew before I came to the Lord that I was on a path to hell. So I made a choice to fear the Lord. I wanted to repent. I wanted to be cleansed. I didn't want any more wrinkles or blemish. I wanted me to be pleasing to him. Why? Because he can destroy all things and cast my soul into hell. He has all the authority. I have nothing. Today, many without problems think that they don't need God. And I want to say it loud and clear. If you have a good life or not, unless you fear him, you're going to hell. That's not what I say. That's what the word of God says. Apart from fearing him, we cannot please him. If we don't fear him, we don't please him. And it's as simple as that. You know, Mark chapter 8, 35 talks about what profit is it if you do not have anything on this earth to be disobedient in the Lord because you're going to lose your soul. I'm actually going to read Mark 8 verse 34 when it says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save, his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will it profit a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 37, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So this passage right here, Jesus didn't say don't have nice things, but don't let it deter your steps in God and your fear in God. It will profit you nothing unless you truly follow him. You know, in the word of God, it says faith comes from hearing. So for example, remember when Peter was on the boat? This is a really good example of fear and faith. He first feared the Lord, right? Peter was a disciple. He feared the Lord. And when the Lord was off in the distance, he heard Jesus say, come to me, walk. So Peter did. When Peter heard the voice of Jesus, he walked. He had faith that that was true. But fear is first, and it must always be first. Faith is second. Why do you need faith if you don't fear? You don't have to have your faith in anything if everything's all right with you, right? So why do you need faith if you don't fear? Do you think you were saved because your mom and dad brought you to church consistently growing up, and now maybe you take your family to church? No, you must be born 
again. Remember when Nicodemus was like, oh Lord, how can I be born again out of my mother's womb? Jesus shut that down because it doesn't mean literally. It doesn't mean literally. When you fear the Lord, you will want to please him in everything that you do. Amen. You will become born again. And remember, Jesus is the author and finisher of our salvation. We must fear him first and then faith comes second. I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 11 and I want to talk about faith a little bit. How many of you use faith in a way to talk about getting something you want or need. So for example, pray for me, pastor. I have faith I will get a new job. I have faith I will get a husband. I have faith that I will receive this promotion. Faith today is being taught with a focus on things received rather than faith that brings us no input. What about faith going out? And that's it. One way. Faith going out. We don't receive anything. No one's teaching on faith, just the output. Amen. So for example, Noah had faith and he had an output. What was his output? He built the ark. Amen. Paul wrote so much of the Bible because he was in jail. And Paul wrote Hebrews. I don't believe Paul would have these books if he were not put into jail. Because if you're always talking and you have no time to write books, there is no idle time. Amen. When you are a man or woman of God, you are going. You are talking. You are evangelizing. Your heart is exploding with a want to do these things. Yeah, you can make time to write books, but you're sacrificing time to connect with people, to be relational. Amen? Paul was put in jail and he wrote. Thank goodness he had something to write with. John wrote Revelation. Why? John was exiled. But at least he also brought something to write with. Amen? He had no one to talk to, so he wrote. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. And I want to focus on Enoch. Verse 5 reads, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. So when we read Enoch was taken away, taken away is raptured. God took him from this earth. Details are important. Amen. So when you study faith, you must look in this verse, Hebrews 11, 5, we must look at verse 5 and 6. Let's read verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Oftentimes, we only see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We want people to know the truth, right? Here's the truth. Unless you read verse 6 with verse 5, it will not be a true understanding. You cannot isolate scripture. Five and six must be studied together. When you isolate scripture, you enter the danger zone. Remember we're talking about people who hear the scripture and they realize immediately that they don't qualify, so they lower the standard of God to wrap around the life so comfortably that they want to live? That is an abomination. So you must be sensitive. Do not isolate scripture. Five and six must be studied together. Amen? So in verse 5, we need to understand the connection. So it's not just have faith, right? Because God's going to reward you because you diligently seek him. It's have faith like Enoch. Why do we want to have faith like Enoch? Because it's confirmed. He pleased God. Don't you want to please God? Let's do what he's doing. Let's follow that example. Because God gave it to us, let's study that more. Enoch was a truth seeker. He worked out his own salvation like Paul had taught. Do you want a rapture? Do you want to be part of that? 
find the truth. So again, the truth is verse 6 is a product of verse 5. I want to take you to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. And I want to look at Enoch. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. So Enoch had a child. Verse 22, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Well, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and he never stopped walking. And then verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So, in verse 24, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He was not means he disappeared. He was raptured. God took him. God took him up with him. So how long did he walk with God? 300 years. But to be specific, always. Enoch always walked with God, and that pleased God. My value in God depends on if I please him. And your value in God depends on if you please him. So again, neither you or me should expect to be raptured if we are not like this. And again, it doesn't mean attend church on Sunday and show up because you're paid to preach or watch the children in the nursery. Don't think that those things are pleasing God. Don't show up because it's your job to sing in the worship. People like to think that they're going to be raptured without truly walking with God. It's much more than just being a good person and it is much more than just being religious you know this teaching people are going to be offended by it but people must know the truth people cannot be raptured without fearing him there is danger in fear fear is not just respect and reverence jesus is the one that said fear him fear not and if you don't believe me i want to encourage you to divide the word yourself We've talked about the, using the Bible and the concordance and the interlinear dictionary. You have the tools to divide the word yourself. Stop taking the words of another man or woman. Do your homework and don't trick yourself. Recognize the danger is not just a challenge. This world wants you to know it's a challenge. It's just a little speed bump. No, it's danger. Danger is a potential outcome. Hell is an outcome for those who do not fear him. Amen? Jesus casting your soul into hell is a potential outcome unless you fear him. You know, in Matthew chapter 5, I'll start in verse 29, it says, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, that doesn't mean cut off your hand. Take out your eye. Right? The Lord is just saying, hey, don't sin. Don't sin. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's better for you to come in half your body than for your whole body to be cast into hell. When we live a life that fears God... We are living a life that is holy because that's what he said. We are living a life that hates wrongs. Amen? So again, you can enter heaven without an arm or a leg or an ear. And that's better than perishing eternally. Because hell is forever. It's eternal pain. Hell is worse than a life where you are bound by a wheelchair. Where you are blind. Where you are sick with cancer. It's worse. And it's forever. Satan wants us to hide the danger. 
Satan has tricked so many, even Eve. He hid the danger from Eve. Eve knew it would displease the father to eat of the tree. But Satan said, oh, but now you will know. Your eyes will be opened. In other words, look at what you will gain. Amen? People are so easily deceived. And the witch power is the power that can manipulate and deceive. And this power can even knock items off your shelves and lift your furniture. They can shake your bed at night. But the power of God is the one who puts everything back. He will put your bed down. He will put your couch down. He truly restores. Remember the power of the sorcerers when they replicated Aaron and Moses? Aaron and Moses threw the rod and it turned into a serpent. So the sorcerers responded throwing their rods and they became snakes. But God's power devoured them. Aaron's snake ate all the other snakes so easily. Now that's power. In order to exercise that power, you need to be known by God. There are so many gatherings focused on being known by people or maybe other men and women on earth, but we want to be known by God and you cannot be known by God unless you fear him. So if you want to exercise the power of God, again, you must be known. And if you come face to face with demons, they might say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? That happened in Acts chapter 19 when the highest church officials came to exercise the demons. And that was the response. The demons made a fool of them. Who are you? They didn't know them. Because I assure you, if the demons know you, God knows you. I pray that no one hears that response from demons. And if you don't want to hear that, you must fear him every day, always, constantly believing in him. And he loves you. He loves you and he loves me. And he desires for all men and women to be saved. And his love will conquer all. You know, there's going to be a day where you and me are going to be face to face with the Lord. And we're not going to need faith then. Why? Because he's there with us. His love is going to take us over. Everything that we've been through, all the work we put in, the sacrifices we made, the life that we lost for his sake. In that moment, we are taken over by his love. But we must get to that moment first. And it starts with fearing him. I want to encourage you to continue to share this teaching to others. Always be excited to share this with others. You should always be excited to spread the gospel. We are here to collect souls for the Lord, not for ourselves. We don't want people to follow us. It's not about making a name for ourselves. It's not about putting our face everywhere. It's about Him. Nothing else matters except for glorifying the name Jesus Christ. Amen? We want people to know that they can avoid perishing in hell forever. There is a way to escape the danger. Fear him. Fear him. And he loves you so much. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but there truly are going to be people that are offended by this. And that's why my podcast is called Take It or Leave It. We are accountable to release the word. We have to release the word. And because of that, some people aren't going to like it, which means they're not going to like you. And I don't care. Somebody can get in my face and tell me everything wrong with me. And I don't care because I want to glorify the Father. And I am just saying what he says. Amen. You can't serve God and be a people pleaser. You can't. You cannot. Those two ideas, they cannot fit inside the same bubble. When you serve God, it matters what he thinks of you. His recognition is what matters. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave. God bless you both.